Badger State Banner, Black River Falls, Wisconsin, 17 August, 1899. Christ Wold, a farmer near Poskin Lake, committed suicide by deliberately blowing off his head with dynamite. He placed a quantity of the explosive in a hole in the ground, laid his head over it, and touched off the fuse, exclaiming, Here I go, and the Lord go with me. I always was a man to work. And I was born working, and I worked my way up by hard work. I never got nowhere yet, but I got there by hard work. Work of the hardest kind. I've been down and I've been out, and I've been busted and disgusted, and I couldn't be trusted. I work my way up and I work my way down. I've been drunk and I've been sober, and I've been baptized and I got hijacked. I've been robbed for cash and I've been robbed on credit. Woke up a lot of mornings, didn't even know where I was at. But the hardest work I ever done is when I was trying to get myself a worried woman to ease my worried mind. I'm going to tell you how much work I had to do to get this woman I was telling about. How to make a buck. Second. The people who settled in the destruction of the forest had very hard lives. They had no shade in the summer, and the mosquitoes breeding in stump holes and swamps were restless and maddening. No seams covered the legs of the women even indoors, and bit them and bled them and scabbed them. Scratching at them made the bites bloody and infected. The soil was acid and sandy and hardly fit for potatoes, let alone the stunted vegetables that withered before their fruit. And it rained too little or it rained too much. And the only good thing about too little rain was that the mosquitoes got more scarce. And when it rained too much, it washed the gardens away. How they hoped to live in such a place no one knew, but new settlers came every day, sold this land on the promising brochure of the lumber companies and the talk of a good salesman in Chicago. The price was good, it was true, and proved too good to be true. So in these sandy northern counties late in the century of pioneers and pilgrims, There were starvations and suicides, and it seemed that all the color had been sucked out of the landscape. And even the rivers and the lakes were like dull stone, and the sky looked pale even when it was empty, which was most of the time. A farmer in the center of this desolation, whose wife had died with a stillborn child, and was thus living alone, found a fish on his land in the middle of his barren field, lying there, panting, though he was miles from a lake or a river. He should have eaten it because he was so hungry, but the side of the fish was infested with festering boars of some kind of crawling maggot. He looked up when he heard the cry of the eagle and saw him circle wide and bear east, so he followed it. The eagle must know where there are fish, he thought. Climbing a barbed wire fence, he came to the next farm. Crossing its wide parched field to the farmhouse, 
whose unpainted lumber was weather-beaten and gray. A little girl came out of the house and looked at him. He asked for her father. She did not answer. He asked for her mother. She did not answer. He left her, bearing east, following the winding, circling path of the eagle soaring above. The little girl followed him. The eagle circled a copse of poplar and oak that stood in a gully amongst the desolation of white pine on the edge of the next section. The farmer entered it, and he found wild carrots growing in the shade. As he ate some, the little girl came and squatted next to him, so he gave her some to eat. The eagle cried and soared to the east, and the farmer got up and followed it, and the little girl followed him. They climbed a barbed wire fence and crossed a dry, empty field and came to another farmhouse, also run down like the others, and a little boy came out onto the porch, and the farmer asked him for his father. The little boy said nothing. The farmer asked for his mother. The little boy still said nothing. The farmer, seeing the eagle heading further east, went after it and the little boy followed him behind the little girl. They saw along the horizon in front of them a line of the railroad, built up on a man-made embankment going north to south as far as they could see, rising out of a lush wasteland of prairie weed and giant yellow sunflowers. Some of these giant sunflowers had died in the drought and had dried up, and the farmer knew that he could eat the seeds, and so he fed himself and fed the children. The eagle circling at the railroad embankment now suddenly dove, and the farmer guessed that that meant there was a river or some other body of water beyond the embankment, and he was very thirsty, and the children were thirsty too, so he hurried, and the children followed together. When they climbed the embankment and crossed the railroad track, they found a river running along it and breezy cottonwood trees along both banks of it and an encampment of tents and wagons before them where there stood a woman, a yellow woman, who did not speak English and wore her hair in one long black braid and the farmer saw and deduced from what he saw that she was the Chinese cook for gandy dancers that must be laying track nearby and had left her behind for the day. When they went down to her, she gestured at them, speaking her Chinese excitedly, and sat them at the cook fire where she gave them all hot oatmeal porridge in bowls and poured cream on it and molasses, and the children each ate two portions and the farmer three. The yellow woman spoke excitedly as they ate and collected some things into a richly embroidered sack with a long, colorful sling, and putting the sling about her forehead to carry the sack behind her, she tugged the farmer to his feet, talking to him earnestly all the time, and drew him in hurried steps out of the camp to the riverside, where there was a skiff full of barrels of flour and boxes of other goods, a rifle and ammunition and many other tools and supplies. 
and she jabbered gaily at the children to join them, and kissed them as they climbed aboard, and she herself pushed off the shore, and pulled the skiff into the current, until she finally managed to explain to the farmer that he should take up the long steering oar. Thus they went downstream at a great clip, and the river left the embankment of the railroad and turned into a deep hardwood forest where lovely birds were singing and there were no mosquitoes, and the forest floor was richly emerald with feathery fronds of bracken, and everywhere smelled like roses, and they heard small brooks chatting nicely here and there. They came to a still water, and she stopped them beside a place that she seemed to recognize, and she led the way for them, bidding them each to carry something as they came, and took them to a stone cottage in the woods, beneath the overhang of a limestone cliff with a southern exposure, and set them all tasks to settle in. On the following day, the yellow woman showed the farmer certain plants in this woods that had a singular stalk with red berries in a ball at the end of it, and showed him how to recognize these plants with or without the berries, and how to dig them up with their roots intact, and how to dry these roots. After they harvested much, they sold them to a broker in Chicago. They got a great deal of money for them exported to China as a rare and efficacious medicine that promotes yang energy, improves circulation, increases blood supply, revitalizes and aids recovery from weaknesses after illnesses, and stimulates the body. They grew rich and raised the children happily in the woods. I waded 48 miles of swamps, six big rivers, Walked across two ranges of mountains, crossed three deserts. I got the fever, got sunstroke, malaria, flu, moonstruck, skeeter bit, poison ivy, seven-year itch, and the blind staggers. I've been give up for dead and lost on about two dozen occasions. I struck my lightning, I struck my congress, and I struck my friends and kinfolks, as well as three cars on highways, a lot of times in the hen house. I've been hit and I've been run down. I've been run over and I've been walked on and I've been knocked around. I'm just sitting here now just trying to study up what else I can do to show that woman that I'm a man that's got a lot of fire left.